0: Welcome to the LSAT Habits Podcast, where in each episode we present key habits you can master to study smarter, save time, and raise your LSAT score. I'm your host and instructor, Jimmy D of JDLSAT.com. So, today's episode, is about the book Essentialism by Greg McKeown. Uh, this is an outstanding book. I wish I had read it sooner, or I wish it was available to read sooner. I've been recommending it to my students, and I recommend you check it out. But uh, again, this podcast, right, we've only got so much time, so let's give you a little bit of a book review, book club, and summary of what I think are the key points of this book and how you can apply it to, these, to, to your LSAT study. So the general idea is to focus on fewer things and maximize those fewer things to improve your performance rather than spread yourself thin trying to do too many things. And there are many examples in effective LSAT prep of how you can apply this ranging from techniques to long-term study strategies. Let's start with one, reading comp, particularly right, reading through a passage or what I like to call passage analysis. This is an excellent example. Now, when someone's reading through a passage, I give my students only about three things to look for when you're reading through the passage, right? And the reason I do that is if I just give you three things, there are other things that are out there, but if I just give you three things, you could focus better, and it allows you to give get the biggest bang for your buck. Now, by contrast, there are some other really good courses out there and good teachers that will tell you to, hey, focus on these things and seven, ten different things. I even... I don't know if this is true. I had a student told me that he had one course that told him to focus on 20 different things as he was reading a passage. Um, I'm not sure if he was exaggerating or not, but that sounds like a lot to me. I've certainly seen seven to 10 things. And this is not to say that by trying to look for seven to 10 things when you're reading a passage that they don't have value. I certainly believe they have value. I've seen courses where they'll teach lots of things to look for and those things have value. But the problem is, right? You've only got so much time and frankly, only so much bandwidth to read this very tough passage, digest it, and then answer very tough questions afterwards. So I would rather you focus on, you know, looking for three things that will help you unlock a passage rather than, again, spreading yourself thin with more things, seven to 10 things. Again, those extra things might have value, but that comes at the expense of focusing on the the things that will give you more bang for your buck. So let's go to another example. Skipping, which I covered in a previous podcast, and I encourage you to check out. Or as I like to call it, doing the questions on your order. Now this applies to any part of the exam, games, LR, RC. So under this idea of skipping, or as I like to say, doing the questions on your order, you're prioritizing the questions you're more likely to get right. Now, it doesn't mean at all that you don't get to the other questions. Frankly, a lot of the time you will, if not all the time, you, you know, especially with practice, you'll get to all the questions, but you don't make the more challenging questions a priority. So if you happen to be running out of time, or frankly, if you're going to be pressed for time, or if it's at the end of a section and you are you got the time, but, you know, you're, you're fatigued and you're not thinking as clearly, I'd rather you be having the lower hanging fruit in the bag because you prioritize that stuff sooner and then the questions that are more challenging that's saved towards the end when you're running out of time you're pressed for time or you're more mentally fatigued so that way you prioritize the the lower hanging fruit right and then if you're gonna be compromised be compromised on the stuff that's not as challenging but again right priorities focusing on the fewer things that matter more and then, you know, another example, studying priorities. So you only have so much time to study. Now that goes to whether it's the week before the exam, a few days before the exam, if you've got a month before the exam, or frankly, a year more before the exam. All of life, no matter what we do, there's only so much time. So it is the one limited resource we have, no matter where we are. And so we always want to use our time effectively. So applying essentialism here prioritize what gives you the biggest bang for your buck. So, if I'm planning out my studying, narrow, narrow down the resources that are going to give you the most effective benefit. Now, whether that comes to a certain textbook or course or question types, narrow it to what you need most. If you're going through a course, there are a lot of great courses out there, do you really want to re-watch every video or do you want to go and prioritize the areas that are coming up where you're having the most trouble based on your practice tests? Prioritize your studies. Narrow your studies. Focus your studies. Study hours themselves are another great example. When students have an opportunity to study as much as they like, I often suggest that they refrain from the temptation to make this a full-time job. I had this happen to me. There was a period where I just had an opportunity between jobs where I, I I was like, okay, cool, until I get this other job, I'm going to study, make this my job, essentially. And I've had students that are doing that. But I always tell them, you don't want to do this for eight hours a day, even if you have that ability. Don't do this for eight hours a day. Don't study for the LSAT for eight hours a day. And the reason is because it's not like any other work. right? Like if I'm at an office job or if I'm studying something, it's not as intense maybe, I can do that for a longer period of time, but we're dealing with very complex and abstract concepts and you're not gonna be effective after a few hours because it requires very deep thinking. So I tell my students, limit your study hours to four to six max. Now this isn't easy because it forces you to limit your time to the things that'll be most effective, but it's worth it. And you'll find that your focus is much more powerful throughout those few hours Rather than spreading yourself thin throughout eight. You know, if a student goes beyond four hours and more, their focus begins to wane. I certainly can attest to that. I remember when I first started out, I'm like, oh, I'm going to study for all these hours. Well, you know, after hour, sometimes even after hour two or three, my focus was waning. But certainly after hour four, and if you push it beyond that. And then maybe you're doing work after, but are you really that effective? So seriously, limit your study. I'd rather you do four hours, do it well, than try to do eight hours and spread yourself thin. Very important. You might find that making uh, choices of what not to focus on can be challenging, but I can tell you in my experience as a student and through years of teaching, I have consistently found that focusing on fewer things that make a bigger difference Is what leads to the most improvement overall. And that's certainly true with LSAT prep. So, hope this was helpful to you. Check out the book. It's called Essentialism by Greg McEwen. It's available in paperback and Kindle and Audible, whatever you like, but it's worth checking out. Again, Essentialism by Greg McEwen. Thank you for listening. Again, I'm your host, Jimmy D of JDLSAT.com. Please do subscribe to the LSAT Habits Podcast and share these episodes with friends. If you're interested in working with me one-on-one, feel free to reach out to me and check out my website. Again, it's jdlsat.com. That's jdlsat.com.